A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Välkommen till Delan Flaska 11, avsnitt 11, Delan Flaska Deluxe. Deluxe, ja, därför att jag har en internationell gäst här idag. Vi dricker tre viner istället för ett. Vi har ett givet tema och vi har en sponsor i form av branschorganisationen för rånviner. Tack vare dem och ett lite hjälp av sommeliergillet har jag lyckats få hit Russia Par en världskänd sommelier som bedriver sin verksamhet framförallt i Kalifornien uppväxt i Kalkutta skrivit en bok som heter Secrets of the Sommeliers och driver numera Sandy Wines där han gör sina egna viner i Kalifornien men idag är temat alltså rånviner och Russia är en riktig riktig ambassadör för Framförallt några rån skulle jag säga. Jag hoppas att det ska bli en trevlig timmes lyssning på vad han har att berätta. Varsågod. Russia Par, welcome here to dela en flaska. In, in English we would say a bottle to share or share a bottle. Oh. And today we're going to share three bottles. Wow. <laughs> so maybe you should call it a share bottle magnum or double magnum. <laughs> uh, thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> What brings you to Sweden? Uh, we are here for a little tasting. Uh, there's a small group of producers uh, from California and then we have uh, a friend of ours who wrote a book. His name is John Bonnet. He wrote a book uh, called New California. So he's... Uh, We're here with a few producers to show the wines in Stockholm, and uh, we did the same thing in London, small tasting for the trade and for the restaurants here in Stockholm. And I come to Sweden at least once or twice a year. I uh, have many friends here, and I, I love the the culture, I love the restaurants. Uh, we are going to, uh, to Favik in Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, lucky. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's paradise. It's 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 my happy place. It's, I was there last year. It was amazing. It was one of the greatest greatest two days ever. So we're going to uh, go to see it again in the spring. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, amazing. So um, we, today we're gonna <coughs> we're gonna talk about the Rome Valley because I know you're a big fan of Rome wines. Mm, big fan. Big big fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and we're gonna try three different wines. I just poured them. This it's one white, white, and two reds. And um, mm-hmm. you wanted to do them blind, and I said yes because that's what we always try to do. Aaron. And you said that tasting blind is the only way to taste blind. It's like that. Yeah, I think you know if you. I mean, you know, it's fun to taste wine, to drink wine, but I think it's to really understand wine without looking at the label is is it's something about it I mean, i'm not a wine reviewer i'm not uh, i'm just to here to enjoy wines but also you know it's it's fun to see uh, and taste wines and try to identify you know what you know where they're from and what it is so i mean you're you're a sommelier you're a like, wine director you're a, now you're a wine producer as well. Is there anything that you are not able to do when it comes to wine? No, you know, you, you always start a career uh, and you do what you do, and then you, you know, your your life changes. I've been I was somewhere for 17 years, then I stopped to work in the restaurant like one year ago, and uh, and for those last 10 years I was also making wine, but now I do almost. Uh, everything I do is more in in with wine. Uh, I don't uh, work in the restaurant anymore. I own a restaurant, a partner in two restaurants, and it's called RN74 in San Francisco and mm-hmm. Seattle. But I don't work there anymore. I live in Santa Barbara now. Mm-hmm. I fo- even though I, I oversee a bunch of restaurants in, in the U.S., but I uh, I don't do any daily operations. I mostly focus on the winery and the vineyard. Right. Do you miss the service part? Or? Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's uh, it's a great business. It's a very social life, and uh, but I think after 17 years, you you know, you want to maybe have a different style of life, not not as uh, you know, all day till late at night. It's uh, it's good, but I think I think 17 years on the floor was. You done your hours. I I did my hours. <laughs> yes. You remember your first wine from the Rhone Valleys? Yes, I I remember the first uh, the first few wines, and and I'm a big uh, fan of of uh, yeah. of Cornas. And I remember my very first Rhone wine was um, was a Club Cornas. I'm not sure what vintage it was in the eighties. And I was lucky when I was, you know, again, this is in 1996, you know, Rhone wines, like, you know, they were around, no one paid attention to them because Bordeaux was still more important as still today is the most important region for most people. But I've always had this love for, for Syrah from the Northern Rhone, specifically from Cornas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why Cornas and not uh, Hermitage? I love I love Hermitage, I love Kuroti, I love Saint Joseph, but Cornas has these jagged edges, these this form of rusticity which which is wild and you know and uh, as they age they you know soften up, but when they're young they're abrasive and Hermitage is much more regal, it's much more complete and it's majestic mm-hmm. and it continues to be in that majestic form. But Cornas is just rugged. It's like a, it's like a wild rugby player, <laughs> you know. Whereas you know, Hermitage is more like, uh, you know, 
someone who's maybe playing golf or like cricket. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice conversion. Why well, um, you got any favorite uh, producers up there? Uh, yeah, the of course Thierry Allemand, uh Clap, uh was Clap uh and uh not anymore but uh, uh Noel Verse uh, mm. when he produced wines he retired in after the 06 vintage so you know uh those three are my personal favorites uh, and I try to go visit them uh, every year now for uh, Almost, uh, I mean, I, Clap, I've been visiting every year since 1998. A very true and very pure expression of Syrah. But now we're on the <coughs> white side, or should I say, yellow, goldenish color. Yeah. It's gonna oh. grab between. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it smells uh, very exotic, very. Uh, Almost like you know, candied apricot and like a uh, ripe, uh, you know, like a ripe uh, apricot or peach. Mm -hmm. It has this kind of marzipan nose yeah. um, and some fennel seeds, a little bit of anise. Um, yeah, very exotic nose. Yeah, very round mouthfeel. Spicy, rich. Yeah, it's, it 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 uh, almost has like a almost like a bruised fruit, like a bruised peach on the mouth. You yeah. know, like like a peach which is ripe and then it's kind of getting slightly brown, mm. uh, but uh, a lot of weight. Quite low acidity. Um, would be great with maybe some cheese or. Yeah. Maybe with a rich, oily fish dish with yeah. maybe some butter, almonds, and all that. But um, it's rich, but it's, it's not that heavy. Really. No, 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 no. This is a wine for long aging. This mm -hmm. is a wine. Um, um, is this typical uh, white rum? This, this, yeah. It reminds me of from the north. You know, maybe uh, you know, maybe like an Hermitage Blanc or. It has that richness, you know. It reminds me of like a mm -hmm. Northern Rhone, kind of a Marsan predominant. Exactly. What, um, what kind of grapes are you talking about up yeah, there? Really? Yeah, it reminds you know it's like a Marsan and Roussan. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it, it reminds me more of that kind of honeyed and a little bit of nuts, not roasted but more fresh. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, it could be a Saint Joseph Blanc, but I don't think so. Maybe, but it's a little bit light on the on the on the texture. It's not a exactly. It's not that. It, it, it's it's not maybe not have the same power as Hermitage Blanc. It might be a, maybe a Saint Joseph Blanc. Mm -hmm. You know, um, from maybe you know something. It's not very old. Maybe it's. Uh, I don't know, maybe 2010. It ends up very, very dry. Yeah, no, very savory. This oh. is the wine you can tell is more on the salty texture, so it's for the aging. It, mm. It'll be, uh, you know, maybe in five, ten years. I mean, 
these kind of wines, they kind of start off like this and then they almost seem like they're becoming more oxidative in age and then they come back in 20 years, become fresher. And mm. you decant this bottle and if you drink it tomorrow, it will be fresher than it is today. I don't know why uh, White Rhone has that quality. You think that on, on all levels? Or no, on the top wines, uh -huh. grown on, if they're on grown granite or yeah. on limestone. What is this wine? You want to know? Yeah. <laughs> we are um, down south, actually, in Vaqueras. Oh, okay. And this is uh, 07, uh, producer is uh, Monterius. Hmm. So, Roussan, Grenache Blanc. And Grenache Blanc, Grenache Blanc, uh, and Bourbon Blanc. Oh, I never, I rarely ever drink uh, white wines from the Rome. Mm, it's, very, very exotic. I, I think. Oh, seven now. Yeah, wow. seven, and, and there's almost no oak on this. Yeah, no, you don't get it. That's why. I, that's why I shied away from Hermitage Blanc. Like, Hermitage will have more uh, wood and maybe more weight. So it's yeah. like a. And um, still, it's. I think it's grow on garig yeah, soil, mm. and um, biodynamic producer. And I, I would say this is not. The typical Cotteron Blanc that you taste, maybe. No, I. This is a very unusual, but really mm. good. Come back to that. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll, uh, this will be alive for a couple of days. First red is very. Hmm, you have that garlic, the mm. spiciness. Uh, it smells very uh, the black plum, slightly gamey. What are you looking for in a, in, in a, in a own wine? I mean, you know, the north and the south is very quite different. This yeah. clearly smells like from the south. You mm. know, it clearly has that kind of uh, more of the. Um, you know, the white pepper, the black plum, the dark plum, uh, you know, it, 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 it smells very much like, like Grenache and Mouvedre, Grenache. Mm. It's very, it smells very much like Chateauneuf. Mm -hmm. On the nose only, you know, it's slightly gamey, no oak, you know, has the Grenache. Mm. Uh, very polished, very refined. Mm. It's very round, yeah. Round, soft, soft tannins. Yeah. yeah, it's classy wine. It's um, in the acidity is low, but not. It's not very high in alcohol. Mm. If if it is a if it could be shut enough, but a very elegant producer. Yeah. It's um. um I actually, I'm not really sure where there is sourced a grape from because um, it's this. But it's, it's, yeah. it's a basic cotteron, but it smells like pff, yeah. great Grenache. Is it mm. Grenache or Montmartre? It's uh, eighty percent Syrah. Syrah. Yeah, but it, it doesn't have that that peppery. Oh, notes, wow! Really. Very, very. Uh, they have twenty percent Grenache. But sm it smells a lot like uh, like Grenache than Syrah. Weird. Yeah. Huh. It's a bit weird. It's 80% Syrah. Yeah. On your restaurants, when you put a, a Cotteron Rouge or on the list, is it a popular choice? Do people... Yeah, I think, I think you know, when 
you know, when they see the Cotero and Appalachian, you know, it's more value driven. Mm. And, uh, you know, by the glass or, uh, you know, you drink a bottle, of noise, you know, it, it, it has a uh, more. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, Cotteron is, I mean, it's, you know, most most of the restaurants in the U.S., everyone knows Cotteron for mm. sure. And, you know, it is confusing sometimes to have Cotteron and say, oh, it's Grenache or it's Syrah, you know. Mm. Yeah, but then you but you can still feel like you're in the in the in the Rome Valley. Yeah, and yeah, and you can feel you're in the south, you know, because mm. there's also Cotteron in the north. Oh, of course, which is very different than mm. the granite in the in the north or you know just wherever you are, and then you have the more sand or galette or you know mm. uh, different soil, different, uh, and of course uh, the vine training is different and the 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 sunlight is different in the yeah. south, so that I guess influences. Um, but most fine restaurants, I think they they go more for, you know, Cotroti or Hermitage or Cornas mm. or you know. What about Condria? It's it's not really up there at the moment. It's not, you know, and I think it's that coming. you know it's it's it's, it's great terroir and great producer, yeah. great. It's a small small appellation, but I think you know it's it's sometimes the wines are just so. Mm. Juicy and they sometimes lose the freshness, mm. and the reputation is not for aging. You know, even though I think they can, but they are big wines sometimes, maybe too ripe. But it's the style, you know. It's yeah. it's a classic. It smells like peaches and cream, and yeah. But Except Chateau Gruyere, then. Oh yeah, that, that, that's <laughs> that's why Chateau Gruyere, not Condrieu. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I like wines fresher, you know. Mm. I have one glass, I want the next, you know. Let's see what oh. we find in uh, glass three. Yeah, it, it's... <laughs> it's you're, you're already there. It smells more of the north, it smells more... Uh, of the syrah, of the black pepper, yeah. and bacon, and smokiness, and you know, mm. more of the. Where does this bacon and peppery notes comes from? I, I think with, uh, I think maybe in the selection of the grape, maybe in some syrah in the north. When I think there's a certain selection in. Uh, uh, the identity of, of of the grape of Syrah, Siri Noir, which is in, mm. in northern Koroti, that oftentimes you get that smoky bacon, bacon fat kind of flavor, mm. and then. Yeah. But if you pick it too ripe, it changes to <laughs> blackberry jam. So you know mm. you have to pick it in a in more elegant. You know, it's it's not for super ripe wine. And again, you can put 100% new oak, and you might lose it. So mm. there are many factors to it. Uh, 20 years ago, there were most producers making old-fashioned Syrah, and now it's 90% modern and only a handful of few producers who are still producing mm-hmm. old-school old wine, you know. Uh, At Sandy, you make Chardonnay and Pinot. Pinot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you like to have some Syrah as well? I do a little bit for fun on the side, just a little, ah, a little okay, bit. Do. I, we don't sell it, we... Uh, yeah, well, the first time I made wine, 
in 2004 was the Ra. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I still do. We made 04 till 08 and then didn't make 9, 10, 11, and then 12 were the first vintage we made. Uh, old school, whole bunches, no new oak, long aging. Uh, yeah. Was it good? Yeah, we, we have, we're going to bottle it um, soon, next week. Or, okay, okay, so it's not... It's not uh, no, next week, maybe in two, two, three weeks, I think it's getting bottled. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's good. It's drinkable, it's fresh, it's all whole bunches and uh, no sulfur. Yeah, just... Cool. Yeah, just for fun, I think. Okay, but it's from the same vineyards that you're... It's from, we buy grapes from one of my friend, uh, Pete Stoltman, mm-hmm. from his vineyard we buy. It's a organic uh, dry farm vineyard on, on limestone in Ballard Canyon in San Inez Valley in Santa Barbara. So, great vineyard, and uh, we're lucky to get some grapes from him, and yeah, so it... Uh, it's again small. Just it's not under Sandy or anything else. It's, uh-huh. We don't even have a label or name yet. All right. It might just be a bottle with uh, chalk. I don't know. Okay, but will you? We, we decide. I'm not sure. We we just we make it for ourselves. You know, it's always good to uh, do something outside of what you do every day. <laughs> but do you think you can make really really great Syrah outside Rome Valley? You know, I mean, you could probably make a distinctive Syrah from the place. You know, you can't compare to the Rhone Valley because the Rhone Valley is the Rhone Valley and a Cote is a Cote And even if you go to Cote or Cornas and Hermitage, the way they plant the vineyard, how they farm the vineyard is different. They're not the same. How they vinify traditionally... Um, in Cote is very different than Cornas. Cornas was always whole bunches, and mm. you know, Hermitage was usually always destemmed. Cote always had uh, a submerged cap, you know, mm. so those are, and those are, you know, that's what history has taught us, you know, it's yeah. not so, so it's difficult. We can use those examples and vinification type and techniques of farming and everything else, but the soil is different. Mm. And as the previous one, you, can, you know, Syrah grown in sand or, or galette is different than Syrah grown on schist or granite. I think it's, uh, it's exciting to make Syrah in a place, a different place, and try to focus more on, on the place and the grape. Uh, it's, it, the Rhone is the Rhone. <laughs> Back to wine, I mean, it's almost the same color mm. as the, the Coteron. Yeah, but, but it's, it tastes more like um, Syrah grown on, on um, maybe on schist and granite. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste like Syrah grown on sand or no. uh, more rugged. The, the tannins are much firmer. Slightly um, more serious wine, I think, as well. Yeah, no, it, it comes it, to it's, texture. And yeah, very serious. You know, it does it does taste does taste like you know, maybe a Cote or something like that. More elegant, mm. not very 
Yeah, you're totally right. But we, we're up, we're up north. Saint Joseph, mm. uh, Pierre Gonon. Oh yeah, so uh, I visited him a few weeks ago. Yeah. All right. So it has a uh, his veneers are great. He's mm. he's uh, in just just outside of uh, Hermitage on the other on the other side. Mm. Yeah, he's. Salaries in mauve and vineyards are around mauve. Yeah, very no new oak at all in age and demi moe. Yeah. Not a whole bunches. Yeah, smoky. Yeah, it's good. How many times have you been to Rome Valley? You say you visit Clap every year? Yeah, Clap and Chave, Jamais. Oh. Are there any hidden treasures? Oh, Gonon is a hidden treasure. <laughs> I mean, this is. I don't know, it's not very expensive, but it's uh, one of the greatest values in wine today mm. in the world, you know. And it's been, it's been discovered and people are, more people want it and, and uh, demand supply will eventually. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Change the availability and the price because yeah. the his vineyards are what he has. You know, he's not he's not going to buy more. And just him and his brother Jean and Pierre that they, they farm the vineyard and they make the wine. So one day the the demand is going to outgrow the supply. Yeah. It already has. So do you think the the price levels on on, on Rome Valley wines are they like, I mean are they too pricey or? No, I think I think it's okay. You know, it's it's it's. If you look at the you know if you look at the vineyards, how steep they are and how much work there is in the in the in the vineyards, it's it's a it's a it's a very good value. You know, if you compare it to the flat vineyards in whatever in France, mm -hmm. you know these are serious work. You know, it's and uh, you know, eventually. Um, All the hard work is going to pay off, you know, because yeah. these wines were nothing. Saint Joseph, you know, 20 years ago was whatever. No one could charge, you know, what they charge today. Mm. And and there's more to come, you know. And 
there's lots of good good producers. Uh, there's uh, uh, Jean-Pierre Monnier mm -hmm. up in Saint Desiree, is a small producer there. Of course, uh, Gonon. There's uh, Jean Richard does uh, this domain. Uh, Jean Richard Saint Joseph. He also has the Nigos, the offers. All right. You know, so there's the people make uh, are getting serious about Saint Joseph. You know. Mm -hmm. But it's a big appellation. I mean, if you go and have the Saint Joseph for from Philippe Fauré up in Chavonet, just south of Coroti, you know, it's a very Coroti style Saint Joseph. And then you have uh, Jean Richard, uh, and it's more in a Hermitage style like this yeah. in Gonon. But you know, you have the smokiness and and. Uh, So what's going on on the producer side? I mean, there are a lot of. Are they changing anything when it comes to production? Yeah, there's, there's. Uh, it's becoming a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit uh, modern. You know, if a Syrah from Northern Rhone tastes like a Syrah from Australia or California, then right. lose their identity. So it's important for producers to. You know, stay with tradition and and make wines which are, you know, from the place, mm -hmm. not from maybe uh, in the head or maybe if some journalist tells them to make it in a certain way. What about natural wines? Oh, it's. I think that most great producers in the world, everyone wants to produce a natural wine. Yeah. If anyone doesn't, then you know, uh, I don't know what the what. Of course, but the word has been used in different ways, and and uh, I don't think it's been defined. I wish someone would define what exactly natural wine yeah. means, because natural wine could mean uh, organic vineyard or biodynamic vineyard or something with no sulfur. So you know, it's but I think the natural wine is more about honest wine. About you grow the right grapes without disturbing the equilibrium of the soil. Mm. Without chemicals, you know, and, and adjust yourself to the to the weather pat weather pattern of the year, and then in the cellar you you uh, vinify very gently without again uh, too much of anything, you know. Uh, sulfur is is good in small doses. It's okay if there's no sulfur, but if the wine is not correct, then you have to correct it. Yeah. You know, it's it's the It's uh, very simple. The the vine, when the vine is growing, the vine doesn't like wires or sticks. It wants to fall over. They want to grow wild, right? But the man has to put them on a wire or put them on a stick. You know, we have to, you know, that's our job. That's yeah. a hand of man mm. while growing. And when the grapes come in the cellar, grape juice wants to become vinegar. Yes. That is the job of the grape juice. So we have to... You be the hand of man to correct that and not let it be vinegar by correcting it in whatever way by, but you know, I love wines with no sulfur, but I also love wines with sulfur because I would rather have a wine with sulfur than have an oxidized wine. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's, a, it's an argument we can keep having with people and as long as we're not dogmatic about it, you know, yeah. it's, it's a... Uh, But it's a great culture. I think it's the, it's fading out a little bit. The discussion, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I think I think you know, and I know where it came from. Mm. Natural wine, the word and the philosophy, mm. came as a, 
as an attack on commercial wine, mm. as an attack on industrial wine, which is right. You know, no one wants to see, you know, a hundred thousand hectoliter tank of industrial wine just made like with everything added and then bottled and sold. No. Opposite of that is artisanal wine, very small and handcrafted. So we, I understand why, why the movement is so strong, but it must have its boundaries. Do you see yourself as an artisanal handcraft? Absolutely. We, uh, I stay at Dumanar Koth. We have, you know, it's an organic estate. We don't have any. We planted the vineyard on, you know, on, on, a, on a hill, and there are no chemicals in there. We don't, we are all organic. We keep the cellar fully organic. We don't, we have very little sulfur, usually just... Maybe at one racking iffy rack, or usually before bottling, and that's it. You know, mm. so it's a same philosophy. Yeah. But we won't let the wine die on us. You know, we have to. When it goes in the bottle, it has to be, you know, um, done correctly. Mm. So it's uh, yeah, it's the same idea. It's just, uh, but we don't go and say, "Oh, we make natural wine." Uh. If you if you do any, if you see the cellar and you see the grapes and he's Check the bottle. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same <laughs> idea, but it's, but it's you know we don't want to be in a, in a bracket of this. we we make a Pinot Noir with no sulfur at all, mm. sans souf, but we keep it only in California. Okay, a little bit in New York. Uh, never, not at bottling, mm. not at any ever. Okay, and you know so, but you know those are things we do. You know, it's not because we, you know, it's, it's delicious wine we drink at home maybe and sell a little bit. But what's the next step for Sandy? Oh, I just continue on focusing on the vineyards in in San Rita Hills and and focus and watch the vines get older at Domingo Lacote and mm. maintain the vineyard. And uh, I said, this is uh, leave it up to Mother Nature to let us adapt. Watch the vines get older, and mm. hopefully the next generation will. We'll take the vineyard and, you know, because this is not our job. We are just, our job is to maintain the vineyard. The next generation will, will take it and they will, uh, they will make, you know, better wine than us because mm-hmm. the wines are going to get older, so. Speaking about your restaurant, RN74. Mm. The, the one that you got famous for or are famous for. <laughs> Tell the Swedish listeners, why, why should you go to RN74 while you're in California? <laughs> If you like Burgundy, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a story about a love affair. We wanted to open a restaurant where you can have great wines, great Burgundies, or Rhone, or Bordeaux, whatever, but in a very fun setting. Uh, you know, I wore a suit and a tie for most of my career, and then I wanted to just have a restaurant where we can just wear jeans and sneakers and have loud music and serve some great wines. And that was the whole idea. Wow. So, and we have a, you know, it's very kind of a modern bistro-like feel and uh, good ambiance, delicious food by our chef mm. and uh, some good wine. Of course, we have a lot of Burgundy, but other things also we have from, you know, everything from California, of course, and Germany, Austria, everywhere so it's you sell a lot by glass I heard yeah we have uh, I think 50 wines by the glass mm. uh, I think it's very important to have a good by the glass program because people want to want to come in the bar have one glass or have a little taste and then move on you know mm-hmm. so it's uh, 
or have a whole dinner and try 10 different wines maybe, mm -hmm. I think it's important because uh, it's fun to have one bottle also, but sometimes if you're curious for a curious diner, you want to taste different things, so keep it exciting. Is it play loud music? Can you like music yourself? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, you, know, what you listen to? I mean, you know, everything, you know, from, you know, in the beginning, you know, when I came to the States, of course, you know, everyone starts with, you know, just the pop music and then you, you know, you get into hip hop or, you know, I, I like everything. There's no, you know, there's, there's you know, any kind of music uh, from hip hop to blues to classic is just, you know, Indian music. I listen yeah, to some Indi Indian music also. And, no, it's just, you were uh, born in Calcutta, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes when I'm very serene, I like if I'm just like relaxing at home, I might play some some old uh, Indian classical music, oh, which, wow. which my father. Uh, yeah. What do you drink to that? What I drink to that? <laughs> oh, when I'm home, I drink you know Beaujolais usually, or okay, uh, you know Riesling. Uh, and your favorite the Beaujolais producer? Oh, so many, you know, Fouillard, uh, Lapierre, um, Sunier, Julien Sunier. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you live in Santa Barbara, you have nice sunny weather. You, yeah. It's, it's a... Straight from the fridge. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, it's a fun wine, a serious wine. It's, you know, you can have many things to eat. It's, yeah, it's good. I like it. Do you collect wines? Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you like mm. a yeah, yeah. collector? Yeah, it, yeah. In the last ten years, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I was a huge seller, but you know, slowly, slowly growing. You know, it's uh, living in San Francisco is never easy to have space. To, it's so expensive to live there. Mm. But uh, I started started buying it ten years ago. So mostly uh, the seller is mostly Rhone mm. uh, uh, and Chablis. Champagne, Beaujolais. Mm. Oh wow! A little bit of Burgundy if you can afford it, but yeah, it's getting expensive. But uh, mostly, mostly Rhone. Yeah. Are there any wines that you drink that you're a bit ashamed of that you don't want to show the bottle to people? <laughs> My life is pretty much an open book. I don't. There's nothing hidden with all now. Social media and delectable and. Yeah, but it's not like the, uh, like you go back tonight and then you pop a very modern Bordeaux with a lot of oak and you say, like, oh, I love this. No, I don't drink ever. I, I think I may, may have one bottle of Bordeaux in my cellar. Okay. Um, no, I you know I I try. No, I don't drink much Cabernet. I enjoy some. I have some from my friends who mm. we trade bottles. But um, no, nothing against New York. I, I don't. Uh. I think some wines uh, can handle 100% New York, and some wines can't. Mm. Yesterday we had a bottle of uh, Catiar, and it was. A lot of oak, but it was delicious, mm. you know. But wine, the wine handled it well, and sometimes it can be too much. Yeah. It's like bread. Sometimes a little bit is great. If it's a lot, it's too much. But you know, no, I, you know, it's uh, it's even champagne. If you have Salos, it's like a lot of oak. Or if you yeah. have something like Pierre Peters, it's no no oak. So it's mm. just different. Mm. But I like it all. Uh, some people don't like Salos, and some people like them. So. Switching back to, to 
to Rhone and the glasses. I see if there's any kind of development in the glasses, especially I was thinking about the white because... Oh, yeah, I see. It's getting more piney. It's getting more kind of fennel-y and anise-y. Yeah. yeah, those fennel notes are interesting. <laughs> yeah, it always happens. Yesterday we had a Hermitage Blanc and it kind of changed. We had it before dinner, came back, had it after. It was like much finer, much more mineral. Uh-huh. I still can't believe this is uh, Syrah. So funny. Mm. <laughs> oh, sorry. Too, yeah. I, 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 bring, I bring the bowls. Wow. Such so, soft texture. Mm. Start with the first one. Bakiras. Uh, 07. It's called Mineral as well. Huh. And then we had the second one. It's from Delas. That's quite a big producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the third one, San Josep from Gonon, 2012. It's pretty young, but still very approachable. Yeah, great. When do you think you should drink <coughs> Rome-wise? Are they made to...? You know, uh, the uh, I think the, the Vakaras, the, the white is drinking really mm-hmm. well right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the is is good. It's very polished. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Good Cote de Rome. It drinks well right now, I think. Mm. Uh, and the San is kind of, I think it's very approachable today, but it's gonna, it's gonna get much more earthy and mineral and firm with age. Historically, the wines are very easy in the beginning for the first year, mm. when they release, and after they become like. So, but what, what do you expect from a San Josef? I mean, uh, oh, yeah, but, but, it's, but it's, this, is, this is going on, San Josef. This is at least 10, 20 years of aging, no problem. I had a bottle of 1990 last week with him. Okay. Amazing. I mean, 90 was a big vintage also, mm-hmm. but... And, How was it? Uh, I mean, it was, it was dense and smoky and chocolate and just amazing concentration and purity of Syrah. And uh, yeah, that's what, 24 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very, very fresh. Uh, do you still get those peppery notes as well? Yeah, I think After I think we still get the you know the peppery and the the, the bacon mm-hmm. flavor. I think you get that from whole bunches more than anything else, you know. And you get olive, you know, you get those olivey flavors. You get that from whole bunches a lot. You know, it reminds me a lot about uh, of the wines of Jamais. Yeah. You know, uh, Cover tea, so it has a very because that's also whole bunches. This is also, I think, almost 80% whole bunches. Chamay's wines in, in the early stage are very like drinkable in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a easy way. Yeah, in the first year and after yeah, that. Oh yeah, and those wines age very long. Yeah, for sure. Speaking generally of the Rome Valley, do you see a bright future or do you think the demand will increase? Or Oh yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. This already has, there's a big following of, especially the Northern Rhone. Southern Rhone is less. Mm-hmm. I think in the what we see in in the United States, Northern Rhone is definitely much more the sommeliers and the wine geeks. I, I, I hope they don't get dis- all get discovered because <laughs> it'll be less for us to drink. <laughs> You 
been writing one book, right? One book, yeah, yeah. Is there a second one coming, or uh, that one was about the secret yeah, of some years? Yeah, myself and Jordan McKay. Mm. Um, I don't know, maybe another book. We have we have something we are we are talking about. So, but writing a book is a lot of work. <laughs> It's 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 not just easy to. It's a lot of research because you have to you know find a topic which people understand and you have to uh, say interesting things because there's so many great writers in the world and we don't want to write a book just to write a book. Okay. It's you know it's uh, it it must be something which 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 people understand and like you know because we when we wrote Secrets of Somalia we didn't we just wrote the book because we're like okay we just you know. It's a good topic. We can maybe do one printing and it'll be fine. And we didn't realize that it would have as big as the audience it has uh, the way it's received. So, how many copies have you sold? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, but it's uh, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, ten printings now. Mm -hmm. So, he's doing well. I don't know. It's it's it keeps selling. Yeah, <laughs> but but the the second book would it be a totally different perspective? Would it be from your? Um, hmm. Maybe I think to to keep but always the same voice, you know, because I think as a wine producer or even working as a sommelier, you the approach is the same. You know, mm -hmm. you're try, trying to explain about the wine or grape or an idea. In a simple manner, not mm. to make it too complicated, not to make it too serious, but to have a good tone to it. Mm. And I think if we write another book, that'll definitely be the same. We'll talk about different grapes, maybe, and talk about the soil, the vinification. Yeah, I think adding them all up, that you know, that could be something interesting. So, mm. when we start, we start. So, we're waiting to start. Huh. We have the idea. We have the publisher. We have. Everything ready, and now we you just, know how to write a book as well. Yeah, so now we have to do it. So, but you know, we have to find the time also to do it because it's it's not fair to not give it all your attention. That's why I like tasting wine blind because classic wines from classic regions always, always tell the truth. You know, if if a wine is made from somewhere and it doesn't taste like that, then it's not a classic wine. Huh. The grape needs to be classic. You know, I try to go to maybe one new region every year. Mm. It's getting more difficult now because uh, you know I have to stay more and. At home and in our vineyard, then go to other vineyards. But every year I try to go. Yes, last year I went to South Africa for the first time. Uh, this year I think the new region is we are going to uh, to the uh, to the Loire in the middle to uh, mm -hmm. you know to Samur and Chinon uh, and that kind of place. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I want you just to pick one of these choices. No thinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and. So let's start. And Beaujolais or Dolcetto? Beaujolais. Mosel or Rheingau? Mosel. Young or mature wine? Mature. Galoni or Parker? Galoni. Napa or Santa Barbara? Santa Barbara. That was an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> um, sweet or strong? 
strong. I, I don't drink much sweet wine. Uh, uh, tasting notes or tasting memories? Uh, tasting memories now, but in my sommelier years, it was tasting notes. For 17 years, tasting notes. In the last year and a half, tasting memories. Wow. <laughs> Decanter or wine spectator? Oof. Ah, wow. Uh, I guess wine spectator, because it's what I've grown up on, mm. being in the U.S. Uh, I, I, I subscribe to both. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's Tong, tough. Tong magazine? Tong magazine, yeah. I love Tong. Uh, New Zealand or Australia? <laughs> New Zealand. Uh, Hungary or Austria? Austria. Cava or Prosecco? <laughs> a Prosecco. Okay. Uh, Gewürztraminer or Chanel number no. five? Gewürztraminer. <laughs> uh, Rioja or Ribera del Duero? Uh, Rioja. When you go into a restaurant, do you, do you just sit down and ask the sommelier to do his work? and or Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes we leave it to the sommelier. Sometimes, most times I select, but if I know the sommelier and... If I if I I will have them pick something interesting. But if if they if you come into a restaurant, they they don't know who you are. That's the most fun because then you can, you know. Sometimes it's good to be recognized. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> <laughs> will you be recognized tonight at Fair Beacon? Oh yeah, you know, we we have the whole restaurant to ourselves. Okay, so you so they know you're coming. They know, yeah. Thank you very much for coming. Sure, of course. No, thank you. Thank you for the wines. and I have a really good one up in Fair Weekend. Oh, can't wait. All right. Thank you very Great. much. Great. Thank you very much. Ja, det där var Rasha Par, sommelier från Kalifornien. Skön dude måste jag säga. Stort hjärta som framförallt slår för rån. Och vinerna vi drack från Roandalen var då Montirius Mineral 2007 från Vakira. Sedan blev det Coteron från Delafre, Saint-Sprit 2012. Och sist ut var då Pierre Gonon 2012 från saint Joseph. Nästa gång när vi är tillbaka så är det en vanlig delanflaska med en extraordinär gäst Erik Videgård. Vi ses då. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.